Welcome to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, podcast designed to help you live a faithful and fruitful life wherever Jesus has called you. I am Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church of Ames. I'm joined again by James Pusey. James is the director of art, communication, and all things technologically savvy. And today we are going to talk about technology, relationships, social media, and the coronavirus. So it's a lot. It's a it's a quadrant of <laughs> of doom, really. Yes. So here's here's kind of the premise, James, of what we want to talk about today. So it's it's really an interesting situation I'm finding myself in. I have been studying media, social media, the rise of different sorts of technology, and the effect it's having on people for a while. And frankly, the more studies I've read, the less excited I am about the widespread use of social media. There are bad things. We see a generation that's more socially connected than it's ever been through these new social media tools, and yet disproportionately rates themselves as desperately lonely, depressed, and riddled with anxiety. So the rise of social media is also paralleled with the rise of anxiety, depression, suicide rates among young people. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Almost public health crisis bad was the way some of the people in that field were talking about it. Now, the coronavirus hits and we have to do social distancing. And I'm watching this like weird pendulum swing happening in me where suddenly I was like avoiding Facebook. And then now I have to be on Facebook because I have this social distancing effect where I feel like I'm socially isolated from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to have a conversation today about first, let's just step back and kind of remember, there are some reasons why just diving hog wild headfirst into social media isn't the best thing for people. Mm-hmm. So I want to hit pause and remind ourselves that hasn't really changed, even though we need to use the tools. But then second, we want to look at the tools on the other side of that and say, okay, if this can be bad, how can we use it for good? And what's the best use, way to use it? So what's like some top tools and best practices with technology and with media? So that's where we're headed in the conversation today, James. So I want to start off here, and let's just talk a little bit about this. What are some of the things that even in this moment where we're starting to learn again some of the good of social media, like we need to not forget some of the things that were the reasons we were worried about it. So what are some of the things you see, James? And I'll talk into that a little bit about stuff we see that can be really harmful. Well, yeah, I think we're we're only just now seeing the effects of social media on a generation that has grown up with it. You know, like you and I right. are in our thirties. Um, we were introduced to social media kind of late in the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. we didn't grow up on it, um, and we're seeing, especially in young people, this 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 dependence on it, this identity that gets rooted in it. I mean, at a time when yeah when their minds are being shaped and their interactions are through a social media platform where the whole goal of social media is to, to portray the best parts of yourself. Yeah. And yeah. you're interacting with something that isn't real. So it's causing anxiety in young people. It's causing them to feel like they aren't measuring up to something. And I mean, yeah, we're just now kind of seeing the effects of that. Yeah, if you look at your social media feed, particularly if you're a younger person, no one Instagrams themselves in like trashy sweatpants and like feeling nasty. 
Instagram post. You know, people Instagram like the incredible sunrise back behind them and like just loving God mm-hmm. today. And you begin to have this inflated sense that everyone else is really living life and you're just a loser. And so that disproportionate, it's what it is, is it's a distorted window into the world. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the world accurately. You're seeing the world through the device, this little device that's letting you into only snippets of someone's life. And they're only snippets that are curated. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to curate and show you where I feel kind of lonely. Yeah. No one's taking pictures of that. Right. And so I think what happens is it's producing the soil that worry and anxiety grow out of. So actually I'm seeing movements, James. I don't know if you've seen some of this. I've got a a 12 year old now, a middle schooler, and there's a big movement among parents to say, um, we're not going to let our kids have social media until they have car keys. Hmm. And I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. I'm not saying that you have to like not give them a phone, you know, or disconnect them from the whole world. But for goodness sakes, if you know, you have an eighth grade girl, and this is going to disproportionately rise the chance she's going to end up with an eating disorder, then I would hold my girl back from having social media, even if she was annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it means to be a parent, is to make decisions that children find to be annoying, but that are good. Yeah. And so I think there needs to be a movement of parents, particularly with young people. Yeah. So I want to get into another thing that I'm concerned about with the social media that's out there and the new technology, and that is there's a movement from face-to-face to to FaceTime to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And each of those are steps away from real human interaction personally. So face-to-face conversations like a conversation with a real human being, and you're seeing a person's body language, and you're seeing the interaction that happens with more than just their tone of voice. FaceTime's really cool because you can video chat with people out of your phone, and that's really neat, and my grandma can do it, and it's super fun. And then you have Facebook, which is not, I'm not even reading like the body language and tone of another person through a digital medium that's being transmitted to me. I'm reading a curated online persona in some social media form. And I think each of those are steps away from the other. Yeah, it's so interesting to see how people communicate on Facebook or on Twitter that they would never communicate in a face-to-face yes, absolutely. way. And I I tend to be more of a social media observer than I am an engager, um, but I, I'm still guilty of when I see a controversial post or something, then I see like 70 comments or something like that. I mean, I kind of want to click into those comments. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Like, what? Yeah, let's see what where kind the of real conversation are, is. Yeah, are taking and and it's it's so extreme, and because you're just like lobbing grenades out into the the ether, there isn't an actual person to oh, talk yeah. to. It feels Absolutely. like nothing's at stake, and you can just say whatever you want, and it just fuels this outrage. Have you ever seen uh, like Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets segment? <laughs> yes. Now, I love that. We're not going to link to that in the show notes because that may not be as family friendly as we like to be here at Cornerstone Church. Right. But um, if but who you are these to, people, if you were just tweeting yeah, at celebrities, it's it's the premise is a late night TV host has basically gone to a celebrity and then just gathered up information people have posted online on social media about them, and it's terrible. It's yes. like clearly things you would never say to another human being <laughs> ever, but yet somehow. Online, when you move from face-to-face to to FaceTime to Facebook, 
there's a degrading of the human element of that relationship. And so here's the observation I have. If social media is killing young girls, like Facebook is producing anxiety disproportionately in young girls, I am convinced that a lack of social skills is what's killing young boys. Mm-hmm. Like they're no longer able to interact and keep up with the body language. They don't know what to do socially, which by the time you go to try to date a real woman who will only send you ambiguous social cues, you're completely lost. I mean, I'm already lost as a man. I've been married to my wife for, I don't know how long, multiple decades here. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I don't know what she's thinking half the time. And I really try at this. Mm -hmm. I'm more skilled at this. I didn't grow up with social media. What are the next generation of boys going to do? And so we're seeing social media crush the self-perception of girls. We're seeing like this lack of social skill crush the social interaction of boys. And when you work with college students like we do, we're seeing it hugely there. They're just ill-equipped for the world they have to head into outside their phone. And on top of all that, it's just distracting is all get out. Yes. I mean, the phone, just, just think about this. How often are you checking on your phone like a day about coronavirus right now? Like estimate it. I mean, anytime I, I see my screen light up, like a, a banner come up, a notification, I'm just, I'm looking at it and wondering, okay, what's, what's the latest on coronavirus? It's, I mean, I'm trying to, like, I'm estimating if at least multiple times an hour is my gut that yeah. I I want to check it unless I'm disciplining myself like, oh, I'm not going to check it this hour. Yeah. It's, yeah, so you're that, always thinking about it. It's constant distraction. So all of this is basically saying we're concerned about some of the effect of social media, but there's there's some good to it. So I heard one of our youth staffers, I think this was Sandra who said it this way. She said, I think social media is a fine supplement to a relationship. It's a bad substitute for a real relationship. And I think that category, not a good replacement of human relationship. It's a bad replacement. It's a fine enhancement of a human relationship. And so in the time where we have social distancing and we're actually having to spread out more than ever, we're going to need these supplemental tools, James. So I want to transition, and this is where I think some of your expertise in the technological world will really help people out here, which is talk to us about some of the ways we should be using technology to connect to people and to connect to information Mm -hmm. right now in kind of the time of the coronavirus, the time where social distancing needs to happen. There's something where this can serve us really well. Yeah, I mean, we live in a really blessed time to be able to have technology at our disposal. And there's kind of a spectrum of simple technologies to use and more complex um, technologies to use. I think at a baseline level during this time, we can all have access to the ability to make a simple phone call, to send a text message, and to do like FaceTime is super easy. Um, if you have a smartphone, it's a button that you press and you do FaceTime video chat. It's very... Is that free even in long distance on your phone? Oh, you better believe it. Do you, do you remember that? You don't, like, you don't like, have that was, to... That's a big 10, 10, deal. 220? You yeah. don't have to buy minutes for this? I, had I, mean, to buy, I remember buying phone <laughs> cards. that, I, And you had to like enter like a 27-digit number and then it would prompt you and you'd... 
So yeah. just that alone, generationally, it's, the ability to dial anyone anywhere and like communicate face to face over a phone, it's really remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing. I hope what this situation does for me is gets me into a better habit of video chatting, making phone calls to yeah, my loved point. ones. I I haven't done a great job of that. I get so wrapped up in the day-to-day and what this situation is doing for me is is making me realize that I do need to maintain those connections with family. So I hope after Lord willing this thing passes and and life returns to normal that that habit continues of of just doing regular phone calls, regular FaceTime with my family. So, I mean, those are really basic ways that we can engage right now. There are some some really cool, just kind of more advanced ways to connect too. Um, right now, our connection groups are all scattered. You know, we have yep. small groups that meet regularly, and um, we can't meet in person. So, having a group text thread is really helpful. Um, I want to shoot an app out there. It's called Group Me. Group Me. Group okay. Me is an app. Um, you can do uh, just on regular text message. You can do group chats, but I don't know if you've run into this. If somebody has an iPhone and somebody's got yep. an Android, absolutely, it is a pain absolutely. sometimes to communicate between those. So Group Me is an app that you can use that doesn't care what type of device you're on. You can simply add people and subtract people from groups. It makes it really easy. To do the group chat thing. So it's particularly, it's like a texting or chatting service that is really oriented toward large groups of people. It's much more functional uh, yeah. than the standard kind of built-in texting apps that would be there on your phone. Yeah. Okay, so let's go one step further. If we started simplest is calling, texting to kind of a group me, like a secondary app to facilitate groups. Let's go one level higher and let's talk about face-to-face, not just FaceTiming, but like yeah. multiple people uh, talking to one another. What are the tools that people are using right now for that? I'm thinking yeah. really of connection group leaders, of groups right. that you might have somebody who, because of health reasons, can't go to be part of the whole group, but mm-hmm. wants to jump into that digitally. Yeah, a few tools here. So Google Hangouts is a great tool to use um, for multiple people at a time. So yeah, this is great for connection groups. It's great for your family too, if you just want to yeah. have like a yeah, get your whole like extended family, talk to aunts and uncles, grandparents, all that. You can do it through Google Hangouts. Um, you can do it through, there's a, an app called Zoom yep. that we've been using a lot here at Cornerstone yep. to do meetings. Um, Particularly yeah. on a business enterprise level, it's one of the more popular solutions yeah, there's a, there's out there for sure. There's a lot of advanced things you can do. And in the show notes, we can include links to these as well and tutorials on how to use them. Um, within Skype, Skype is another very yeah, popular absolutely. video chat tool. You can do groups in that as well. And hmm. so those would just be three major uh, group video chat options for so you. So anything else you feel like we should cover inside there? We've got simple to more advanced in terms of tools to connect to people. Anything else you'd throw out for our uh, technologically starved minds, James? <laughs> yes. There's one more app I want to mention. Uh, it's called Marco Polo. And this app is basically video texting. So the the great thing about a text message is you get it and you don't have to respond to it right away. It can kind of sit in your inbox and then when you have have time, you can respond to it when you have time. And so Marco Polo, 
allows you to record a video message to a friend. It shoots it to them. They get a notification that it's there in their inbox. And you can watch it whenever you have a moment and then respond to it. And then you can carry on a conversation that way. Hmm. Um, my wife is using that a lot. She's been doing 30-minute long Marco Polos wow. to her friends. That's amazing. And it has been really helpful. We've started a Marco Polo group with our family. Oh, that's and fun. so we're having different family voices chime in. And so those videos are also then saved in a queue, so you can go back and watch any of them as well. So, um, yeah, it's a great app to stay connected. Okay, so here's what I'm going to push on you. Uh, you didn't mention any of the traditional media forms. So when you sent this list to me, I'm looking through it, and we don't have TikTok, my personal fave, <laughs> uh, Instagram. You don't have Facebook. Oh, man. You don't have... Uh, any of the others i'm not particularly techie obviously when it comes to social media here but why are you not mentioning those things (laughs) okay i i had tiktok for like an hour i downloaded tiktok because i was curious about it what's going on here and then i deleted it because it i could feel myself getting addicted to it within like minutes of using it Endless scroll of yeah. videos. Imagine that you were 15. Oh, my word. It, I would No, die. It, you would have no <laughs> life. It'd be like, oh, my goodness, I um, need to learn Renegade. Man, and we, we know this. I mean, social media is designed to be addictive. It's designed to keep you scrolling, to keep Absolutely. you engaged. Everything about it, from the user interface to the, the sounds and visuals, are all there to keep you engaged with it. And... We have to be intentional about limiting our our exposure to it. So, yeah, Facebook and Instagram are great tools. And we as a church are doing a lot on, on social media right now, more than we ever yeah, have. Absolutely. Um, because we want to provide good content. We did a prayer meeting the other yeah. night that was so powerful. And it was a great example of how you can use Facebook in a very beautiful way. But there's also danger there, and, and it's it's wise to limit exposure to it. And so we're, we're going to um, suggest a resource here. There's a book called um, TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Oh, that's excellent. That is a great book on, yeah, how to, how to wisely use technology as a family. And a lot of things he says in there are pretty extreme, but it's a really good, um, it's a wise word for our time. So we've talked about technology to connect to people. I want to briefly jump into technology to connect to information. And Mm. I want to give a mental picture to everybody listening to the podcast. The way I think about getting information out of the internet is I want you to picture yourself as a old-timey miner going into a mine shaft. Okay? So the internet is the mine shaft. And you're going down there, and at the heart of the mine, they're like gold nuggets. But half the time, you get lost in the mine shafts, and you come out covered in dust and with the black lung, and it just was not all that helpful. I feel like that's the way most people are getting, like, diving into some of the information on the internet. I mean, I think of Twitter. Twitter is like a rancid mine shaft, okay? (laughs) It's just covered in disgusting junk. It's not lit properly. You never can sort through all of it, and you come up two hours later, and you don't have any gold at all. You just are, you know... (laughs) has filled your lungs with mine dust. So mining, I want to, what I've found personally most helpful to me is 
I need somebody who's a professional miner because I can recognize a gold nugget when I see it, but I don't have the time to sift through all of the sand to get to the gold. Mm. And so I think of that as how do I access the best information? And so, James, we got two tools we're going to highlight quickly, which is just number one, podcasting tools. And the other one is we've been using like live streaming for Sunday services. So how do people use those type of tools. So just brief overview of podcast. What is it and how do we use it? Yeah, podcasting is a great tool. Um, You're technically using it right now. Here we are. Here we are on podcast. Um, Yeah, we at Cornerstone, we have this podcast that we just started, but then we also have our sermons on a podcast. Um, Yeah, those are just a great, efficient way to... Which which podcasting tool do you use most of the time to listen? I usually just use the Apple... I've got an iPhone, so there's yeah. a podcast app. I think I there. use Spotify some of the time too, because yeah. I'm, I'm using it for music, and they got podcasts built in there yeah. now too. I've used well. an app called Stitcher as well. That's a, a yep. good podcast platform. So, so are they? My my principle is pick one and stick with it. Yeah, because it's pretty easy, and I try to keep. I have a quick daily news podcast, and then I subscribe to three or four others. I don't subscribe to 100. I get overwhelmed by that. Um, But I subscribe to a couple others, and I like to use it when I go on a run or when I'm driving. Pretty simple way to get uh, content, but I think too much of a good thing can drown you a little bit. Yeah, and then on our our live stream, uh, we've got a few different places we put that. The Facebook Live is great. That's kind of fun because you can interact with it as it's live. That was awesome in the prayer time. That was so cool. Yeah, people were leaving prayer requests. Yeah, You could tell people were were with us. Uh, We also have it hosted on our website um, at cornerstonelife.com slash live. There's just an embedded video there. And then on YouTube, if you search Cornerstone Church of Ames, and on those options, you can airplay to your smart TV. So if you're there with your family and you want to watch on a bigger screen, um, yeah, you can use your YouTube app, anything like that, to put it on the big screen. So I'm going to step back, kind of summarize where we've headed. We have a ton of information in the show notes for you from this one to help you as a person, as a parent, as a family, to use technology in a way that is wise and savvy. We don't want to forget in this time when we need to use the tools of social media to help us with social distancing, we don't want to forget that they're never meant to be a replacement for true relationship. They're a great substitute or supplement rather, a great supplement to relationship. They are a bad substitute for relationship. And not all tools are created equal. It's really good to have a few simple tools in your toolbox to master and use those well to enhance the relationships that you do have. Right now, don't forget, guys, in this moment of social distancing, it won't last forever. And so what we don't want to do is make a pendulum swing and suddenly just bathe our mind and our life in more and more noise. If anything, if you want to be tech savvy right now, don't forget to do tech Sabbath right now. Put the phone on a leash when you get home at night. Dock it during dinner. Take time away from it during the day. Take a day and turn the news feed off. In all of these things, there are great ways to use technology to enhance relationship, but never forget technology is a very poor replacement for relationship. And so, James, appreciate some of the wisdom, some of the sources and sites that you gave to us there. And I hope all of you at home will continue to both tune into this podcast, but also to use the social media tools you have for the glory of God and for the flourishing of the relationships in your life.